wanting to get a real shower, not a Gatorade bath, because I want to get focused on Alabama. They got a five, six hour head start. So I'm not, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not interested in celebrating that. We'll look back on that that win and that'll be great, but we're focused on the task ahead. That's that's the objective. And that's what our guys, you know, they worked their tail off for three to four weeks to get this opportunity. And it was a one game season. And now it's another one game season. I'm not focused on Gatorade bass. But you guys, gave us a lot of really positive rat poison. The rat poison that you usually give us is usually fatal. But the rat poison that you put out there this week was yummy. <laughs> oh, welcome to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? Oh, man, I've done it mm. again. I've mm. created some outrage and pandemonium on the Twitterverse. <laughs> Released my SEC Power Rankings latest post-spring edition. So that's what we're going to talk about on this episode. But before we get to that, how you doing, brother? I'm doing all right, man. Dragging a little bit. It's, it was a rough, rough night, you know. And uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, Mike, it's funny because your power rankings come out. And and it's like in between Elon Musk and, you know, the uh, president running, you know, stool president. It's it, There is the power rankings. And, and it's just like it's been an action-packed day on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? It's almost too much. I've had to, I, I catch myself going through this thing like 30, 45 minutes. I'm like, shit, Shane, just put the phone down for a minute. You know, you're, you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And man, I try to do a good job with these, but it doesn't matter where mm-hmm. I rank them. Someone's going to be complaining. And oh, I yeah. feel like if it's going to get this much attention, Shane, we got to break it down in more detail. So you ready to go team by team and just basically tell me I have them too low for all four teams? <laughs> well, for starters, this is Mike's power rankings, not that SEC podcast power rankings. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to emphasize that because a lot of people, you know, I get roped in some of these Twitter, uh, you know, <laughs> fights that you get into. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what you call it, but. But, you know, uh, and if you think your team's too low and you're having a bad day, Mike, let me tell you real quick. So, last night – or let me let me, let me me go. Let me tell you a little story. It's the offseason. We got time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, I mean, we're doing power rankings. <laughs> I mean, it's not, this isn't going to change anything bowl-related. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, yesterday uh, I've got two dogs. I've got uh, two, two massive uh, bulldogs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're little tiny dogs. <laughs> I got a little Bruno. He's seven pound Morky, and I got a uh, Westy. She's about 20, 25 pounds, but uh, her name's Chloe. And uh, love them to death. Love my dogs, Mike. Uh, yesterday, uh, we decided to to get Zaxby's. I don't know if you've ever had Zaxby's, oh, yeah. but uh, uh, they got a family plan on there. I mean, and then they're not a sponsor of the pod, but it's not a bad deal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get a couple chicken tenders, you know, a couple meals, whatever. So next day, I'm reheating this thing. And uh, 
Side note, air fryers are awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just everybody's like, I thought we just went through the commercials. Here, Shane. No, but so I'm reheating this Zaxby's and stuff, you know, getting it going and and uh it's finally ready and I I'm pouring it on my plate and one of them chicken tenders fell off the plate and into the floor. Well, Chloe, you know, she's she is so quick. She before I can even think, she's got it in her mouth, you know. And the problem with Chloe is uh she doesn't do well with human food. All right. This is an this is an important nugget, okay? I, then part of me is like, well, you know, sad eyes. I don't want to get onto her, you know. Let just let her live. You know what I'm saying? It's just chicken. Well, I mean, dogs eat chicken, right? You know. So oh, yeah. So anyway, we're going on and um, go on to bed, and it's three o'clock in the morning. And I uh, dog started barking, and my wife woke me up. She says, "Dogs are barking. Go figure out what it is." So I go out there and I say, "Bruno, you know, because he's the one that's yapping. Chloe's not saying a word." Said I said, be quiet, you know. So I'm just getting on to him, you know, just like anybody would do three o'clock in the morning. Probably a few cuss words in there. But then I, I I go back to bed. Five minutes later, Bruno's going again. I was like, damn it, you know, I gotta deal with this. So I go downstairs. So I, I move him to the bathroom uh downstairs. <laughs> so lock the I shut the door. I said, guys, be quiet, chill for a little bit. I turn on the 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 fan thing so it kind of makes some noise so they don't hear anything outside and I go back to, to bed. Well, 40 minutes later, I'm hearing barking from the bathroom again. I'm like, damn, I'm just, you know what? I'm done. Maybe maybe something's wrong with them. Maybe they got to go out. So I'm going down the stairs, Mike, and I'm about two, three steps away from the door. And all of a sudden, man, it hit me. And if you've ever had a dog, a sick dog, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like eight feet away from the bathroom with the door shut, and I know – Something just died in there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the problem was it was right at the door. So as soon as I opened that door slowly to, to you know, make sure none of them jumped on me, it smeared everything underneath the door. It's like a, like a paintbrush, you know what I'm saying? And, of course, I was so upset, and I, I ended up saying a few more choice words and then taking them outside, cleaning them up. So I've been up since 3.30 this morning, Ooh. Dealing with dogs only to give you the the public service announcement. Please, please, please do not feed your dogs Zaxby's chicken. <laughs> oh, my God. Shane, that might be the worst story you've ever told on the podcast. Oh, I know, I know. I, I, it was, it was, I mean, you just had to be there. You know what I'm saying? The Like, I'm going to tell you, like, one of the crazy parts was when I came back in at, like, their outside, I could see each paw print out the door. So I'm I'm mopping at four o'clock in the morning in my house. I don't even I don't ever mop, and I'm mopping my house, and then I'm going over to the bathroom. You can't mop it. You got to clean up everything and then mop it. It was just it was a hot mess, brother. So it's been a long day. So I'm like I said, Mike's like, well, this won't be a quick pause. I said I hope not because I'm gonna run out of steam pretty quick because I was up all night cleaning shit. So here I am, Mike. It, I mean, it could be worse. All right. So you may not like where you're, I'm saying all that to say this. You may not like where your team's at right now in a power ranking that Mike put out there, but it could be worse. <laughs> you could be mopping dog poop at three in the morning. <laughs> well, that's a great transition, Shade, to number 14 on the list. Number 14. The Vanderbilt Commodores. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, there's no debate at this point, right? I mean, they got to win a damn conference yeah. game before. Uh, I mean, this is basically the Vanderbilt slot until further notice, don't you think? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And, and I mean, it's – I hate to say it, brother. You know, we 
in years past we've 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 been able to fluctuate a little bit from the 14th spot but it just Vanderbilt keeps finding its home and I and I hate that and I, I think they're going to be a little bit more competitive this year but early power rankings I think that's the best spot for them yeah and thankfully they've got a couple non-conference games to start the season so they'll they'll have some competition to get before they have to get into conference play mm-hmm yeah absolutely now, number 13, here's where already seeing some anger. <laughs> the Auburn Tigers, 13. Ooh. Now, that's a place a lot of people got from the other teams. But mm-hmm. for me, Shane, I believe they've, what have they lost? Five in a row to end the season. Right. You know, this is not necessarily a reflection on, on last season. This is all about this season. But, you know, with transfers out of the program, the guys they've got into the program to supplement them. I mean, I, say what you want about Bo Nix, but I think that's a downgrade going from Zach mm-hmm. Calzada to Bo Nix. I mean, hell, Bo Nix put the team on his back to get that Wait, L- so LSU you, win. You know what I'm saying? You said downgrade from, from Bo Nix to Calzada. Is that what you meant? Right. So, I mean, it, they're, they're even worse yeah. at the quarterback position. And right. we, don't even, we don't even know if Zach Calzada's going to be the man. But I don't think it's going to be T.J. Finley after what we've seen the last couple of seasons of him. What we saw in spring, I got questions about the, the receivers. I got questions about the offensive mm-hmm. line. Ba- I basically got a question on everything on Auburn's offense, Shane, except for, you know, Tank Bigsby there, who should be stellar. But, again, if, if they can't block for him, I don't know how they're going to get any production on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think it, this is potentially a horrible year for Auburn. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, if you've listened to the pod at all, you know that I'm not too high on the Auburn Tigers either, and a lot of it's for the same reason that you're saying. But, you know, let's let's. I, I do want to critique it a little bit, and I want to ask you, um, you know, they do got a great – I mean, the great – I'd say – I would venture to say one of the best running back. Uh, some people are going to get mad, but I think one of the best running backs in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he can't be the, the only piece. I, I do like what Bo – provided some games he looked like a damn superhero out there and some some games he you know he flopped but there were those games that he was able to take over and and help Auburn win do you think it's that much of a drop off from him to Calzada I mean just the inconsistency factor or is I mean what how can let me ask you this to give to give Auburn Tigers some hope is there is there any way – what do you need to see from Auburn to quickly get them up on this pole? Like, what what, what has to happen? Because I know we saw quite a bit in spring. Uh, we're hearing a lot of rumors out there uh, to, to what this program is going to look like in the fall. But, you know, everybody's selling propaganda out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and Auburn's doing no different. I mean, they got to put butts in the seat. So, what, what – do you see, or what can you see Auburn doing or excelling at to help them move quicker up this ranking list than staying at the bottom? One path towards that, Shane, we've talked about the schedule time and time again, but with the changes at offense and defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. moving on from Derek Mason and Mike Bobo, who those guys have a long history in the SEC, have had a ton of success in this league, maybe you can make the argument you know, he's go, he promoted from within. He's choosing guys yeah. that he was with at Boise to run his offensive defense now there at Auburn. Maybe just everybody was just not on the same page and they weren't – you know, if these coaches aren't bought in, it's going to translate yeah. down to the players and create some real issues that we saw late in the season. So maybe everybody on the same page, you know, we've got 
it seems like so many people out on Brian Horson when you're talking about some of the leadership there at Auburn. Does that yeah. get this team galvanized and, and, and rooting for their coach and, and wanting to save his job? Th these players, you know, maybe they fight their asses off for Brian Horson because right. it certainly seemed like about half of them were all in on Brian Horson needing to return. They got their way. Now they need to uh, show it on the field to to show why they were so passionate about keeping their head coach. Yeah, maybe that's what they need, a unif unified locker room. You got, I mean, because immediately, trust me, if you think it's bad now, wait till media days. After that, there's going to be a lot of Auburn fans upset with where, you know, kind of the outlook they're having and some of the questions that they're getting. And it just seems like, like last year, man, I mean, you think about all the time we wasted on talking about how great this Bobo's, you know, Mason thing's going to be. <laughs> that experiment failed, you know. So maybe maybe a lot of us aren't that good at predicting. And maybe this next, you know, crop of coaches is going to be just what Auburn needs because it does feel a little bit of uh, like us against the world mentality. Hell, they didn't want the coach there. You know what I'm saying? They, they did everything they could to get the coach fired last year. And Brian – you know, mm -hmm. these players came down there to some of them to play with him, play for him. And, you know, you do that to your, your captain, who knows? Maybe this, this does say, you know what? You know, forget what everybody's saying. Forget the noise. Let's let's do this. Let's prove the world that, that we're not the 13th best team in the SEC. Let's prove Mike wrong. So, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, I, it's got to happen in the locker room, brother. Now, how about uh, number 12, Shane, the Missouri Tigers? And I think there's some real potential for Missouri to jump up this list. You know, we'll have to wait and see if they get another quarterback or if okay. any of their young quarter. You know, this, this is what happens every offseason, Shane. With, they got a quarterback that uh, we've not seen make big plays, so therefore we all think they don't have a quarterback. Right. Well, you know what happened? I mean, look at uh, Hendon Hooker. Who was talking about him? Not many people this time last year. Now, flash mm -hmm. forward a year, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Same thing, K.J. Jefferson. Yep, Georgia, Stetson Bennett. I mean, hell, how many times we were writing that guy off? Just won right. a national championship. I mean, the, the, the list is long. Just because you don't, don't know the name of the quarterback or you've not seen him in action <laughs> doesn't mean they don't have one. So, mm -hmm. coming out of spring, Shane, the reason I actually had Missouri 13, I moved him up post-spring. I just love these weapons that Missouri's got to work with this year with Luther Burden, the five-star freshman, Dominique Lovett, the second-year receiver. He's emerging. We have Mookie Blaylock, and they've got the Stanford running back that they brought in via transfer. It looks like, you know, another Tyler Beatty-esque type player. So I think right. uh, whoever the quarterback is at, there at Missouri is going to have a lot of weapons to choose from. And most people look at Missouri's defense and they say, well, my goodness, they were god-awful last year, which they were for about half the year. And then they turned right. out to be a lot better at the tail end of the season. Now, I'd have a lot more confidence in this unit if their defensive coordinator was returning. He jumped back to the NFL. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what to exactly make of this defense, but if they continue to make the strides they made last season – uh, Missouri's going to have a competent defense to go with uh, potentially a very explosive offense. Yeah, still trying to figure out why you hate them. I mean, all that, all <laughs> that, you know, all that good stuff, <laughs> like good vibe you're putting out, just to put them at the what twelfth spot. I, I, I'm a little higher on Mizzou just because of what you said: the spring game, the weapons, 
You know, sometimes I think I know I know that I mean clearly you've got to have a quarterback, Mike. Mm-hmm. And 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 I don't. You've seen a lot of programs suffer and struggle because they don't have that. But sometimes they excel just by having a game manager in there. Somebody that just doesn't screw things up. And what I like about Mizzou is is a couple of things you mentioned. Just the improvement I saw on the defensive side of the ball throughout the season. I mean, it went from the worst defense I've ever seen to, I would venture to say, the most improved last year in the SEC. It, it was it was night and day. And that improvement tells, I don't know, kind of gives you a good feelings about the coaching staff. They're, either the players are starting to buy in or they're starting to do better at film study. You know, there's it's, it's not that they just became athletes overnight. It's just they started listening to their coaches a lot of times. And, and with this offense, with the weapons they got around there, if they can get a serviceable quarterback in there, brother, watch out. I love Mizzou's schedule. I think – I think a lot of people are sleeping on them Tigers. Mm, yeah, no doubt. Number 11. Talking about sleeping on them Tigers. Say number 11, LSU Tigers. Now, mm. this is a team I just don't know what to make of with all the transition and they're bringing in, what is it, 17 transfers. We don't know yeah. who the quarterback's going to be after watching the spring game over the weekend. You know, I think the lead guy's got to be Garrett Nussmeyer based on mm-hmm. what we've been hearing during spring camp, the most consistent quarterback. He's got a very high ceiling. He's got four years of eligibility. His dad's an NFL coach, former SEC coordinator, so you know he's got that football IQ. They just got to get the the wild throws we saw out of him last year. Right. You know, you know he's got to temper those, and that, it certainly looked like that is something they managed to do this spring. Uh, but for me, Shane, LSU, the offensive line's an issue. Defense. I love the defensive front, but I don't know if we have an elite secondary with all the moving pieces and the linebacking crew. They're just they're basically a complete wild card to me, and we're going to learn a lot about them week one against Florida State and New Orleans. But they're a team I could certainly see rising up this list. But until further notice, I got to put them right here at eleven. Now, um, is it the eleventh spot? Is this more about question marks? Or is this more about just gut feeling? I, I'm just trying to, you know, because there are a lot of question marks about, you know, what this this Kelly offense is going to look like. There's there's a lot of, like you said, the secondary's a, a big question. But is it more just the unknown right now? Is why you're afraid to move them higher up your list, or is there something? Is there just something like a, a glaring deficiency that this team's going to have? Yeah, I probably should have led with this, Shane. But, uh, you know, for those that didn't listen last season, the way I do this is basically if Team A meets Team B on a neutral field, mm-hmm. the team I have higher, you know, th- that that's where I'm ranking them. This is not right. where I think they're going to finish in the SEC standings. But, yeah, so to answer your question, it's a lot, just a lot of uncertainty, Shane. If LSU were to suit up tomorrow against South Carolina, a team we haven't got to yet, Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the quarterback? I mean, we know for South Carolina that answer. LSU is going to be, you know, having this guy gets a drive, this guy gets a drive, that guy gets a drive. Mm-hmm. Hell, they may have four quarterbacks playing that football game. You know what I mean? So, yeah. just so, and it's not just quarterback, it's across the board. Offensive line, that's a, I mean, mm-hmm. we're looking at a true freshman starting at left tackle. Now, he's a five star, he's an early enrollee, right. he's doing his job, 
But again, that should give you an indication of, of where we're at on the offensive line. So a lot of question marks there with LSU. That's that's why I got him number 11. Mm, but there sure is a lot of raw talent down there, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe the best defensive line here in the SEC West. Oh, yeah. This one may move up the list quicker than the others. Number 10. Now, how about this one, Shane? Gator Nation pissed off. Number 10. The Florida Gators, a lot of the same stuff here with LSU. Obviously, a first-year head coach, a lot of uh, uncertainty. They're they're attacking the transfer portal. They're going to have a new quarterback this year, and Anthony Richardson. We've seen him flash. You know, at times when he's mm-hmm. playing, he looks like a, a damn Heisman contender. Yeah. We, but at the same time, we've seen him get hurt pregame dancing. He's yeah. he's here in the spring. I don't know if you heard Shane. Apparently, he was going about a hundred miles over the speed limit. Got ticketed, <laughs> and, and again, that's to me. Who's this? Who got ticketed? Anthony Richardson. Oh man, always in the fast lane. That's right. my kind of quarterback. You know what I'm saying? That's like wild thing on the uh, major leagues. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just tell him put his his glasses on when he gets the field. That's what we want to see. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's Gunner, man. Come on. You got to move him up the list now. I think – I'm sorry, I'm, I don't want to get the cart in front of the horse, but mm-hmm. this is this is a team right here, man. I, I You know, I, I give Florida a hard time, obviously, because I, I thought I was a Tennessee homer, but here, here you got him on your list. But I, I just think AR-15 is, is the, it's the question mark. Like, he decides how good or bad this team is, and you saw it, man. There is some – there's no competition. It's his baby. And how much does he develop from year one to year two? It's like the world's his oyster, man. I mean, he could either take Gainesville over or or they could just sputter through the mud like they did last year. Well, and here's the only problem with that logic, Shane, and I agree with you. What weapons does he have to work with on the outside? You know, I mean, I just – I don't trust any of these receivers. And yeah. you could look at, you know, the – Arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. You know, he looked like he needed to retire when he was up there at New England because he didn't have anyone yeah. to throw the ball to. He goes down to Tampa Bay, he he wins the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, you have got to have those weapons. He he simply cannot carry this team by himself. I know they've got running back depth, but again, this is another team with offensive line questions. Doesn't mean it's not going to be a good offensive line, but, you know, we're going to have to rely yeah. on transfers. We're going to have to rely on young players. They've got time to get to whip that group into shape, but until we see it, I got to put the Florida Gators at the tail end of this list. Yeah, but I mean, on that same note, this isn't Tom Brady. You know, if you want to compare, let's look at Lamar Jackson. Name one damn receiver for the Ravens that's that's worth anything. So I, I just, I mean, short of a tight end, that was it. And they still find ways to win games through defense. And 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 Lamar's legs, which AR can run faster. I mean, he's probably the best athlete at quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I certainly think that's going to be have to be the recipe for Florida getting win shade defense, running the ball, not making mistakes. Can they do it under Billy Napier? He loves to use tight ends. They have one healthy tight end in, in camp. Yeah. This is just a roster that uh, – it's got a lot of issues that's, right now. That's right. Watch a lot of Ravens film. That's what these guys need to do. <laughs> number nine. All right, moving into the top ten, Shane, here. Number nine, South Carolina Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. I know what this is a team you can't wait to see how these all these moving parts 
come together, but I think Spencer Rattler's going to be a huge upgrade. I think uh, they're finally going to have some weapons there to go along with Josh Van. With uh, you know, I, I love the transfer they got in Wells from uh, from the FCS ranks. He was tearing it mm -hmm. up down there. Uh, I I love the tight end Stogner they got from Oklahoma. He's legitimately Shane six foot seven, a beast of a man down there, <laughs> and he's already got that rapport with the Rattler. So. Uh, you saw the running back depth there with the Gamecocks this spring. Mm -hmm. Now, again, a, a big question. I'm sensing a theme here, Shane. Offensive line, big, big question for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Can they protect Spencer Rattler? That's going to be a huge storyline this season in Columbia. And the defense was, you know, one of the biggest surprises in the SEC. Can they continue that momentum? If they can, hell, South, right. South Carolina – they may be a contender in the East. Well, I mean, buying into the hype, brother. You know, it's hard <laughs> not to. I, I, I'm i seeing Rattler everywhere. <laughs> they done gave him a, a key to that damn city. <laughs> I, I, I would be curious, man. If you watch a 30-minute sitcom over in Columbia, and let's say you watch, let's say, 4, 8, 12, 12 commercials, I would I would venture to say he's probably in eight of them. You know what I'm saying? He's like the mayor over there. So what you do, you need to protect his ass. So if if the lineman ain't there, you got to hit the portal. You got to find some competitive depth for him because you got to keep him upright. But it's hard not to buy in this hype. So I like where you got him on this list. Number eight. All right, how about number eight, Shane? The Ole Miss Rebels. And again, this is just a. Difficult, difficult team to peg here with all lose, yeah. losing all three coordinators, losing a starting quarterback, losing a defensive lineman that's going to go high in the NFL draft. A lot of turnover, but they have yeah. certainly have shored up a lot of their needs with the transfer portal. Lane Kiffin's a damn wizard with uh, play calling there. He's going to scheme it up. Uh, the spring game didn't give us much clarity on the quarterback competition. Luke Altmaier, Jackson Dart. Could be either one of those guys, but uh, I just have so much confidence in Lane Kiffin to utilize the weapons that he's brought in this offseason. I think Ole Miss going to be dangerous. The big reason I knocked the Rebels here and don't have them in the top half of the league, Shane, losing DJ Durkin, the defensive coordinator, that defense really carried this, this team late in the year last year, mm -hmm. and I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that with a new, a new scheme and everything uh, with a new defensive coordinator. So, so what you're saying, so, you know, that's the craziest thing with Durkin. I still can't get over it. It's like Kiffin gave you a shot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you were, you were cancer. Nobody wanted to touch you. You bring him down here. He has one good year and he's out. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, I'd be blocking him. You know? <laughs> but anyway, Mike, I, I, Ole Miss, I, Ole Miss is a team I'm worried about similar to LSU. I would say just, I know they got talent down there, but I just don't know what it's going to look like. I'm not worried about so much the coaching staff because this is Kiffin's baby. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to be good there. But, but man, there's a lot of talent going to the league, man, and, and it's no longer on that roster. So, it do they bounce back? Is this a team that can bounce back? That's that, I think that's my biggest question mark. So, I – I think you got him a pretty good spot. I, I may have moved him down just a little bit just because of those question marks, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I got faith in Kiffin. What can I say, you know? I mean, he, he trolls us all the time up here in Tennessee. I still like the guy for some damn reason, you know? <laughs> Number seven. 
All right, moving into the top half of the league, Shane, I think this team may be the most underrated team in the SEC heading into the season. The Mississippi State Bulldogs right there at number seven. Love mm -hmm. what Will Rogers is doing there at quarterback. The scheme seems to be finally hitting its stride there in Starkville. They got a tons of tons of weapons returning on offense. Now, they are losing their left tackle. He's going to be a high-end NFL draft pick. That is a mm -hmm. huge question mark. But I love what they're bringing back on the defensive side of the ball. Zach Arnett, you know, that's a stingy group. And they're, yeah. we're just now getting to the part where he's recruited for this scheme yeah. that he's running. He, he basically he, he inherited all these players. He inherited some good players, but he had mm -hmm. to implement them into his system. Now he, these are guys that he's recruited and developed. So that could be another key to Mississippi State having a big season. What are your thoughts on the Bulldogs, number seven? Yeah. Yeah, I like him, Bulldogs. I think a lot of people sleeping on them. You you want to talk about power rankings? You know, just two teams meeting on a neutral side. I I don't think any. There's only a handful of teams that are going to be well prepared. There's only a handful of teams that are going to I think jump out of the gate. And I think the Mississippi State Bulldogs are going to be those. So they're going to catch fire early, and a lot of people are going to jump on that bandwagon. Number well, I'll let you know who's jumping off my bandwagon, Shane, and that's you because I got them Tennessee Vols, number six in the power rankings. I thought that was pretty good. Vol Nation, not happy with me. We all know, Shane, the offense could be special this season. Josh Heupel, year two, Hannon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, everything they bring back on that side of the ball. But I'm very concerned, Shane, once again, with the lack of depth, particularly on defense and in that secondary, mm -hmm. I don't know how this defense is going to hold up. I was saying the same damn things last year, and they held up pretty, pretty well. So I may be off base here, Shane, but Tennessee, I don't know. I think they're an injury or two away from disaster. Now, hopefully that doesn't happen. But uh, that, that's why I don't have Tennessee quite in that upper echelon just yet. Well, why are you putting that evil on us? I mean, we're talking – Power rankings, neutral field, what you currently have, not what may happen. So you can't dock them for points because they could get hurt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I could hit the lottery, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know. I, I think you're a little I think you're a little bullish on Tennessee, and I think that's because you were harder on some of these other teams. You just wanted to kind of you may be pandering a little bit with this thing, but I, I think Tennessee Vols is going to be a little bit higher um, because of the momentum, because of the quarterback. I mean, you talk about you, you, Hook. I'm telling you, when Hooker was at his prime, man, Tennessee was was going toe to toe with some some teams that he shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we got plenty of talent coming back. I think the system is going to be faster, and I think it's going to be more aggressive, and it's going to be more exciting to watch. and And you're not going to want to you're not going to want to touch it, man. Tennessee's going to be a scary program for a lot of teams out there. So uh, obviously, I'm a homer, so I think you're a little low on my balls, but. You know, it's your list. So, again, that's SEC Mike. <laughs> Nothing to do with uh, Big Orange Falls over here. <laughs> Number five. All right, getting into the top five, Shane. Again, this was a surprise to a lot of people. But I got them Texas A&M Aggies, Shane. Number five. Golly. A lot of people have them pegged as the third best team in the SEC right now. I'm not quite ready to go that far. And I'll tell you why, Shane. Again, coming out of spring. I think we're further away from a quarterback answer than we than we had going into it. I'm, yeah. I'm questioning, you know, 
this is year five now for Jimbo, and, and yet, you know, it seems like we're still making these excuses for, well, they didn't have this last year. Well, they didn't have that last year. Well, he's, you know, he's, he's such a good coach. He's making so much money. He's bringing in all this talent. This, these are not excuses that we should be having. I mean, we yeah. cannot be going eight and four. We can't be losing to LSU, Mississippi State at home, Ole Miss, Arkansas. I mean, you can lose to some of those teams. Those are good teams, but you can't lose to all of them. Not at A&M, not with what they're providing you, not with the talent you got on your roster. So this is a this is a prove-it year, I think, for Jimbo Fisher. A lot of people looking at the Aggies two years from now to potentially be mm-hmm. a playoff team. They've got the talent to get there now, Shane. But until they actually do it, I'm docking them a little bit here. And uh, I'm a little afraid of what this offense is going to look like. I don't think it's going to be quite up to the standard the Aggies are hoping it's going to be this year. Man, is, is it, are you, how much feedback are you getting on that one? I, I'm curious <laughs> because I'm, a, I'm one of those that I think they're a top three team. You know, I, I think – one of the things you hit is is Jimbo bringing the talent because that te- man it's Texas State. I'm telling you, man, Texas A and M has got some talent, and and I think they are starting to get some pieces together. Of course, I say that every year, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I I kind of playing into what you're what you're what you're you're saying, but man, I don't know. I I think this is the year they they finally do it. I think this is the year Jimbo breaks through, and and I love this roster. I, I know they got a few question marks, but a few, you know what I'm saying. Right. So. <sighs> yeah, so what kind of feedback are you getting on that one? Well, it's not so much that one, Shane. It's the teams, the two teams I got ahead of them. All right, let's hear them. Aside from those fan bases, everybody hates these teams now. <laughs> Number four. Number four, the Kentucky Wildcats, Shane. I love the consistency there. You know, had they brought back Liam Cohen, I may have even put them yeah. number three. That could be an underrated loss that, uh, you know, we're not quite factoring in. I, I like that they pulled back from uh, the the Shanahan 49ers offense. That, that offense is tearing it up in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's where they got their offensive line coach and their offensive coordinator. So they're kind of keeping with that same theme. Just don't know how big of a drop-off that's going to be without Cohen there making the play calling. But, hell, we just had Mike Morgan on the line who called the Kentucky spring game says he's hearing Will Levis could be a first-round NFL draft pick, maybe the second-best quarterback in the SEC. I'm not ready to go quite that far, but, you know, if he does make strides in year two, he mm-hmm. ain't far from it, brother. And I just love the running backs. I love the defense. I think Kentucky's going to have the best linebacking core in the SEC East. They may have the best defensive line in the SEC. That may be going a step too far, but they should have – the best defensive line they've ever had there. Uh, and, and, hell, Mark Stoops, all he does is coach up his defensive back. So, I think mm-hmm. the defense is going to be special. Brad White, the coordinator, turned down LSU. He's coming back for a reason, to have a special season on Lexington. I think people are, are underlooking the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, but aren't you, you don't you think you kind of buy into that annual Kentucky hop? <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> seems like every year we're like, man, who knows? Maybe stars line up, beat them Bulldogs, <laughs> go to the championship. Maybe this is the year. <laughs> I mean, do you think? Do you think maybe that's a little bit of it? Or are you sold that that this is a better team going into this year than it was last year? Yeah, I just think I think they're deeper than they were last year. I think they're more talented than they were last year. You know, they're losing some key players, no doubt. 
mm-hmm. but they've uh, attacked that via the transfer portal. And what is Mark Stoops' program known for, Shane? They don't play freshmen. They yeah. they make them develop for two to three years. And we're talking four and five-star prospects here that are in year three, year four of their Kentucky program. I think it's time for those players to step up. And the hell, I mean, they just they won 10 games and it wasn't a fluke. They won 10 yeah. games a couple of years ago. That wasn't but, a fluke. You know what so I mean? So Kentucky, Kentucky A&M roll into Nashville right now to play on Vanderbilt's field. You're putting your money on the Kentucky Wildcats. Hell yeah, I think I am. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> all right, man, you heard that. Clip it. Clip it, guys. Clip it. Save it for later. <laughs> number three. All right, number three, and then this is the other one. Outside of uh, the love I'm getting there out of Fayetteville, the Arkansas Razorbacks, Shane. Mm-hmm. I'm high on them hogs like I always am. K.J. Jefferson, I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the SEC. Led the SEC in rushing last year. I think the rushing attack is going to be even better than it was. We, we all know we lo- I love Barry Odom, Kendall Browse, that yeah. coordinator duo. Sam Pittman, he's just a hell of a coach. I think the Arkansas Razorbacks are not to be messed with this year, Shane. And I saw comments the other day from Jalen Catalan, the All-American safety who came back, could have went on to the NFL draft. He said, last season, nine wins, that ain't enough for us. That's why I'm here. That's why I came back. And, hell, I I think they're gearing up for another special season there in Fayetteville. God, man. I wish you could subscribe to that locker room after practices and games, you know, just to – just to hear, just to feel the energy, because like you said, just kids don't come back, man. You don't turn down millions of dollars just because you, you want another year of college. You turn, you come back because you believe in what your coach is preaching. You're buying into the culture down there, and and I love that, man. Because especially starting out of the gate, you know, I was telling you earlier about Mississippi State. Arkansas is one of those teams, man. You get, when you don't have turnovers at coordinators, you got the system locked down. You're not having to redo a playbook. You're you're just tweaking some of the things you worked on the last couple of seasons. So that's what I love about Arkansas. Um, I mean, that's man, that's up there, brother. Though you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm looking at this. I it's just I just I'm sold on Texas A&M. So it hurts me to see these guys above them. But you make some great points. Number. Now, number two, I don't think any surprise here, the Georgia Bulldogs, Shane, the defending national champions, losing a ton on the defensive side of the ball to the NFL, Mm -hmm. losing some stars on the offense like George Pickens, Zeus White, James Cook, off to the NFL. There's going to be some defections, Shane, but they have amassed so much talent there in Athens that it's going to be next man up. They're just reloading this thing here. You know, they're, they're, they may attack the transfer portal with a player here or there, but they're in such a good spot. They oh, don't yeah. even have to do it. And, I mean, their biggest storyline is, can the guy that just won us a national championship, you know, how cemented is he at starting quarterback? And it's not because he's terrible. It's because they got some five stars sitting behind them eager for their uh-huh. chance. I mean, that's how loaded we are here in Athens. So, Georgia Bulldogs – uh, I, I think they're firmly in the top two in the SEC. No debate on that one, right? You know Kirby's sleeping good. You know? <laughs> I, you just got us a natty, beat Saban. I mean, he's sleeping good over there in <laughs> Athens. So, I, is this a 1A, 1B type situation, or, or is, there, is there a gap between your one and two here? 
Uh, for me right now, Shane, there is a gap. And, of course, that's just Alabama that we've not hit on. Number one, no doubt there. But, uh, you know, I guess you know, as I sit here and talk about it, it's not that big of a gap because I just think that, uh, you know, you give an entire offseason for Nick Saban and company to sit here and think about that loss. Right. They may have the best quarterback in the country and Bryce Young. That's not a – you know, I don't think that's a bold statement. They may have the best defensive player in the country and Will Anderson. Again, I don't mm-hmm. think that's a bold statement. And then here, they don't have a ton of holes, but where they do have holes, they attack it and they get all conference players <laughs> via the transfer portal. <laughs> so it's just like, my goodness, Shane, they, what little issues they've had, they have attacked those via the transfer portal and shored up most of their issues. The only question I continue to harp on is that offensive line. That mm-hmm. you know that could be something that holds you back from winning the national championship. They have got to get that unit corrected. But I think there's fewer question marks with Alabama than there is Georgia right now. So these guys, they play five times. What's what's the what's the win loss here for Alabama? I think it'd probably be three to two. Three to two. Okay, so still, I mean, still close. You're not seeing a, a, a sweep or anything like that, so I, I think you're right. I, I, I this is one of those that it's going to go back and forth. I think there's a lot of people sold on Georgia. You know, prove me. You already got the champs. You know, you're on top of the hill, and then you got Alabama. It's just you never want to see them on a revenge tour. And <laughs> I think these guys are going to bounce back and forth all season long. And uh, sure, sure, going to be fine. I mean, the only chance we get to see these guys now is in Atlanta. So uh, <laughs> it, it's it, all we could do is just speculate. You know, I mean, and even even then, they may not meet again till the college football playoffs. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a ride, man. Yeah, and no doubt, Shane. I mean, we're not a show that's going to sit here and say Georgia, Alabama, guaranteed. Because as soon as we no. do that, it's going to be Arkansas and Tennessee. Meeting in Atlanta, you know what I mean? So I, I'm completely open to, to anything and, and, and everything. I don't think either one of those teams, as good as they look on paper right now, you know, there's still questions. We're not yeah. handing them anything. They got to go out there and earn it. And uh, one of my favorite responses, Shane, I'll just say this. When I put this out there, an Auburn fan hit me up and said, thank you for this rankings. <laughs> Auburn's going to win nine or ten games lock of the week. Absolutely. This is – I mean, I think about you, – you're joking about the SEC championship. Just wasn't that long ago, Auburn came out of nowhere, you remember? And and we thought, hey, maybe, maybe they win an SEC championship <laughs> here. It, it, and But it didn't pan out. But, again, it's a team that you you kind of counted out. So and, – mm-hmm. and there's probably a couple on here that are going to catch fire, and it's probably one that we're not talking much about a quarterback or it's one we're not talking much about a defense. And, and it's going to be some – Something pops. You know how it is. It happens every single year. We we can we we pencil in these teams at the start of the season and at the end of the season. We're like, well, why didn't we see that coming? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, brother, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the show. You got anything before we hop off the line? No, just going to check on my dogs. Let them go outside <laughs> one more time. <laughs> May just leave them out there all night. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm good, man. It's just, you know, springs. It, it's come. It's coming down. We're hitting another little lull, man. But anytime we can get some news out, you've been really good at at, at keeping the content out for these guys and girls. And uh, appreciate all the hard work you put into the pod, Mike. Absolutely. And we got guests lined up all week long. 
Of course, the NFL draft coming out on oh, Thursday. Yeah. So there's going to be a little bit more to talk about this week. Hopefully, fingers crossed, the, the next week, I don't know, we're going to be trying to figure something out. But uh, Yeah, we tried to do a live show, and, and, and my brother came up with the idea that uh, I should pound a beer every time an SEC player goes in the first round. <laughs> and then I started, you know, I started looking at – some of the projections and see what Maylock and them were saying. I'm like, yeah, I could do that, you know, but I couldn't get off the following day. So that is definitely a no go, <laughs> but we did, we're, we are going to do some stuff for the, uh, for the draft. And uh, so just keep, uh, keep, you know, keep us or we'll keep you posted. You know, you can do that through Twitter or uh, YouTube, get on the YouTube, man. I'm telling you that's, that thing's really taken off and I, I appreciate everybody subscribing uh we had one of the largest subscription spikes last week i think they wanted to see uh my fat ass on there but now now that that's done grab your kids tablet and subscribe on there <laughs> yeah absolutely everyone that does that really helps the show grow so we do appreciate each and every one of you but uh hey buddy that's gonna do it for this episode of the show i appreciate you hopping on as always i appreciate each and every one of you for checking out the show but we'll catch you on the next one all right, see you guys. Go Vols. You're way too low on them. <laughs> <laughs>